Today, I sit down with Reno King, owner of Armor Coatings, YouTuber, and one of the creators of the fastest growing, most active groups on Facebook, Powder Coating Kings. When does he find time to make and produce all that content? One thing is for sure, Reno doesn't like to disappoint. His army training and give first attitude has allowed him to rise faster than most. Listen in as we cover how to harness the power of content from followers, fans, and friends to generate buzz for your biz. Despite the video trouble with this interview, you'll hang on to his every word as he offers sage advice on the powder supply industry, how he revs sales in the racing scene, driving your A-game, and getting out of your comfort zone. Finally, we discuss the validity of hearing no from your customers. Get ready to level up your powder coder game. Welcome to Roscoe's Powder Coder Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kim Scott. This weekly podcast interviews influencers in the powder coating industry and covers trending topics so powder coders can effectively learn and grow their businesses. Today, we welcome a guy with a lot of energy. His Facebook group says, uh, group page says he's an aircraft electrician by day and a powder coater, Cerakoter by night. Uh, we're talking about Reno King himself from Armor Coatings out of Clarksville, Tennessee to the show. Welcome to the show, Reno. Hey, thank you very much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's good to have you. And um, I think what I like about what I've seen so far, and I've joined your group, somebody invited me, so I have actually been uh, commenting and posting on your group, but let's, before we dive into your story, why did you start this group? I have always, oh, the group, because when I started doing the, um, I don't know if my video's froze or not, but I ain't. Yeah, it is. Frozen, but that it'll come back maybe, huh? Okay, uh, if not, we'll pause. But I started the group because when I uh, started my powder coat in my garage, I kind of was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna." There's nothing on YouTube because I'm a YouTube guy. Like, I'll watch a million YouTube videos and go out and try it. Like, I built my own fence. You know, it was like 600 foot of privacy fence. That I was like, just watch some YouTube videos, and I was like, I'm gonna do it. So when I come across this powder coating, I was like, there is nothing on how to do this and uh especially on a more of a professional level i did see yeah. some stuff out there but i wouldn't uh, they were trying but i never seen anything approved of that going on from one video to the next to the next so i was like well i'm just going to document my stuff and i built right. a lot of my equipment in uh -huh. the beginning and when i started documenting on youtube i started getting people to reach out to me on my uh, personal page and my business page and it just got to the point where I was like oh my god I'm answering this question to this guy which this guy's got the same question <laughs> and then I have to explain it all over to him and I was like we all need to be together and there were other groups Facebook groups out there 
but there's a lot of trash talk. And yeah. if you're going to be a professional, you need, no matter where you're at and what level, like say if I'm a, you know, you 15 year veteran in the community and somebody's six months in, yeah, that 15 is mundane to them. They've been doing it millions of years. It's second nature. But this guy in the beginning, you know, he's like, well, how do I do this? That guy should be talking to him like, here, here's how you do it. If he's going to be on part of those groups, that's what, give him yeah. those insights. Hey, try this. If that don't work, here's this, you know? Um, yeah. Thank you on that. I mean, when I first started looking on um, YouTube too, I, I, I found the same thing you did. Um I took a different route just because I was a blogger. So I was actually blogging for customers. And so a lot of the content I created was just informational, educational content um, that, you know, if they happened to stumble upon my YouTube channel, um, they would, you know, they, they could find that video. But, and I would just embed it in the blog post because they were just looking, they were actually finding my blog posts more than they were finding, looking for me on Instagram or YouTube. But it's not easy to create content on different platforms. And I think that you do it pretty well. Um, of course, you're not afraid of the camera. Uh, no, and, <laughs> you know, right there. yeah, is it? Yeah. A lot um, of schools and training on talking as you get, you know, of the brain, you got to be able to teach a group of people. Uh, the schools you go to, you know, uh, how to make a PowerPoint presentation, how to, you know, how to present yourself, how to keep talking, crutch, cut your cut, crutch words out and stuff like that. And yeah. I just got better and better at it. Through that. That's great. I mean, yeah, I, I think um, a lot of people rely on that kind of experience to get them to that next, to start a business or whatever, you know, um, they certainly do train the military, right. You know, um, but it, it's, it's almost, well, in your story or your bio, you said that you started just five years ago in your garage, but then it seemed like you've grown rapidly. Can you tell us more about that and how you did it? Well, it was the marketing aspect behind it. So what happened is, is like I started figuring out how to manipulate Facebook, uh, manipulate Instagram, not too much. It's mainly was Facebook and Google My Business. Those yeah. two things right there. So ranking, SEO ranking and stuff like that in overall has changed dramatically. You can't just buy your top spot anymore. Maybe right. big yeah. can. But if you're in your area, um, you get Google My Business, get verified. Well, if you're producing more content and the more stuff you produce on Google My Business, putting those pictures up, putting offers, as soon as somebody puts in uh, powder coating near me and I'm near them, I'm number one. Actually, both of my businesses are number one and number two because yeah. I bought another powder coating business. Um, just because I go in and manipulate it all the time. And then I asked the customers, I was like, hey, if you're satisfied, would you mind sending me a review on Google or Facebook? Yeah. That's what that does, brings you higher and higher on the search engine. It's true. And that's why I, it's essentially what I did too with um, Ross's company. And um, I obviously I was painting, he was painting furniture. We were, before we got into powder coating, uh, but then when he got into powder coating, I wasn't as interested in learning powder coating. Um, so I just 
kind of got on the computer and just started learning all about that stuff too. But it's exhausting. I mean, you have to be at it every day. There's a lot to learn. It's not easy. You know, we're doing a special right now where we're offering like uh, a website and social media package to powder coders, uh, just to custom coders so that we can, because we've already known, we already know the ins and outs and now how hard it is. So for like $2,500, we can give you the full package deal, you know, just upload, you know, we just need your photos and some information about you. But, um, you know, I, it is, uh, I guess if you're comfortable with it, there's a lot of people that aren't comfortable with it. And for those that aren't, it's not easy to get out there and put you, you know, get yourself out there. And then there's always this judgment zone, right? Um, where you're looking at, you know, say you follow Roro and then you've got your, you're just starting out <laughs> and you're like, how do I, how can well, I, you know, and it, it, it's not about that though. Strive to be better, you know, you'd be like, oh, that guy's been in business for 10 years. Everybody started somewhere. Everybody messed yeah. up, you know, you either pay, I look at it two ways. You either pay somebody a lot of money and go to school to be able to talk, be taught to you, or you could just put your hands on it and teach yourself. It's going to cost you money, but you're actually doing, you know, you're using the powders, you're using the guns, you're using the uh, ovens. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. Instead of me yeah. investing, I did go to Columbia Coatings uh, school, but I didn't do it till six months after I started coding. Um, right. It's a great uh, beginner course, uh, but there's no... And that, that's another thing is needs to be created. Somebody needs to create an advanced course. Now, I did talk about that with some of my guys a while back. Um, but it was yeah. during right before COVID happened. And it kind of washed everything out for a while. So back to drawing uh, the drawing board. No, um, it's happening. And I'll be happy to add you to my group uh, because we've got a little thing going on with those that are interested in that. Um because I, I'm determined to make it happen. I think it's sorely needed. Um, in fact, uh, I mentioned it in, let's see, um, Powder Coating Tough Magazine came out with, uh, well, where'd it go? Oh, it's right here. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if you get this magazine or not, but, Everything um, I subscribe to is all digital aspects. Yeah. Um, um, they're talking about educating the powder coating industry. And, you know, I get, I get what they were talking about in this magazine. Um, I disagree. I mean, from a custom coder point of view, I sorely disagreed. <laughs> I almost feel like writing a rebuttal. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, you know, I could get from their point of view, what they're seeing in the industry, but here's the problem. Most of the kids that are coming out of college are getting into chemistry and we don't need any more chemists. I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't understand the chem, you know, how important chemistry is. I, 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 I imagine it is, you know, they are pushing forward with a lot of bio, uh, biomass stuff and everything like that. Um, but 
from a custom co co coder point of view, um, we our problems are different. Yeah, we have very different problems, and yeah. and you know I appreciate the industry people, professional, whatever they want to call themselves. I I appreciate that point of view, but it just showed me how divergent our two industries are. Um, I think that that's pretty much what um, I, you know, and that was my question to PCI was, you know, you, you say you want custom coders to join you, um, join your institute and, and, and that's fine and that's great, but uh, because they're, there's only 120 of us that call ourselves custom coders in this membership. Yeah. Um, so if there's that many people, if there's so many people in this industry and it's growing and supposed to double and all of that, how the hell are you going to get all those people to join you? You know, I mean, you've got a big, that's a get, big gap. And then how are yeah. you going to address their needs? You know, so I, I wrote a, I wrote to Kevin uh, Corson about that and, and stuff. And I, I, I think they, maybe they'll, I mean, he responded to my email, but um, I think there's uh, definitely something missing educationally uh, for custom coders for sure. So I think the podcast hopefully is kind of regard, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're sharing our opinions and our concerns and our trends or what we're seeing or what's missing or whatever. And I, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about that because it's something that I think we could make happen and it could be interactive, especially with COVID and, you know, travel and, you know, uh, and stuff. So, um, anyways, I'm talking too much, but, oh, you're uh, right. <laughs> you know, uh, I got on my soapbox, but, um, I think you that's, know that's what, another reason why I don't uh, pay attention to the, any of the uh, like the powder coating institute or anything like that. They, they have nothing for me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like it's I'm not going to waste my time. Re of course, I do a lot of industrial stuff too. Like right here lately, there's and I try to maintain those because those that's where you can get your projected incomes a lot better on continued business instead of walk-in business, uh, and it keeps the doors open. You know. Right. It's always there. It's consistent, relatively easy to do, basic colors. Um, but you also have to have a setup for it and be able to swap on the fly, go from industrial. Now we got to do these custom two-tone wheels. <laughs> so it's so hard. That is, uh, I could teach somebody how to spray industrial stuff in a week. Take me months to get the two-tone aspect. <laughs> and somebody, yeah. you know, things to pay attention to. Yeah. It's so true, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think that that, and it lends itself as you grow. I mean, the whole point is, you know, if you're gonna start, I mean, I maybe if you're retiring, you know, you're retired and this is your second business or, or you know, you're you know, into the growth factor as much as young people are, you know? Um, but, you know, the hope is, I, I would assume, is to grow, you know, start your business in the garage and then grow to having a 10,000 square foot facility. I don't know. I mean, maybe everybody's is different, but, you know, there are going to be people out there that want to be, you know, growing, 
growth. Yeah, I mean, that was your story. So, you you started doing that, you know. Yeah, I had four years left in the military, and I was like, I, I got to do something. So it's either I'm going to stay in for 20 or I'm going to uh, pursue a dream of mine. And it wasn't powder coating. It wasn't the dream. It was my own business was the dream. Um, and I looked and looked for like a year. Uh, 2016 is when I started. So 2015, I did tons of research. Um, and I was like, powder coating is the center of all the main industries out there. You know, automotive, industrial, fabrication, just everything, like your appliances and all that. I was like, there should be no downtime, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it started making it more, it, you know, it's more relevant in the, uh, today. I mean, especially out in the West Coast area can't spray certain paints in certain states, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's getting tougher. Water base is usually acceptable because little to no VOCs. Uh, so I was like, well, if the, the current trend of trying to go green keeps going, sooner or later, there'll be no paint. Even automotive yeah. is automotive industry, you know, car manufacturers are taking their paint and the majority of their paint stuff out in their powder coating uh, because it's a lot safe, less, restrictions on OSHA and EPA. Yeah. Um, so it's a better, makes money for them. Makes sense. Um, and yeah, that's, I talk about that a lot when I, I bring up those articles in the news, in the coder news segments and stuff, because I want coders to grasp that. Um, and all I'm doing is just taking articles out of coding's world and stuff, but that's basically what I'm seeing in the industry, what you just said, you know, they're transitioning out of this. This is a global movement. Yes. And but uh, and and that's what I decided. I was like, I don't I don't know anything about this powder coating, but it looks like it's relatively easy. <laughs> I want to start doing this in my garage. Majority of the equipment I can build on the, my own oven. I bought my wife a brand new oven. I took her oven while I was <laughs> rigging my my wife's old oven up. I built me a four by four by six oven. Uh, off of using the powder coating, the complete guide or whatever.com. Right. And used their kind of design, made it kind of my, made some changes in it and built my own oven, built my own paint booth out of a powder booth, out of a, a restaurant um, vinyl hood system, a freestanding vinyl hood system for fryers. <laughs> and I retrofitted it with the filters and all that and hooked up a fan system to it. I did that for almost two years in my garage set up um and as i kept going um i started doing more and more marketing and that got me um uh, sorry i don't know why my camera well, that's fine you sound just fine yeah just yeah. but yeah just uh doing that and that's what got me into it and i've always had always wanted to be on my own business and my cousin, I got some family members that have businesses in Texas and stuff. And my cousin was like one time, he just, I always called and talked to him about, uh, hey man, what do you think about this business idea? Hey, yeah, yeah. He's like, one day he just said, Reno, you're never going to know until you do it. Just jump head first into it. So I was like, you're right. I guess you're right. So that's what I did. I just, if I'm going to do it. I ain't going to do it half-assed. I went all in and... Yeah. And all the money I had at the time and build everything up. 
And when I started marketing and stuff, uh, yeah, I was getting really good at powder coating, but I became a better marketer to be able to manipulate these platforms where people see me, knew about me. And that's the big deal. You build a business, who knows about you? Uh, with social yeah. media, I call it my digital word of mouth because it's still word of mouth. It just travels a lot faster. Yeah. It's where the customers are. Yep. And, um, I, I, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot I want to say about Instagram, but I mean, I, I never thought that I would find customers on Instagram. I, I was thinking, how could I ever get there? You know? And I haven't even like um, done ha maybe half the stuff that these influencers talk about how to use Instagram for like direct messaging and all of that. I haven't even, I haven't even gotten into that, but. Um, I was there and uh, I just did find up for TikTok. I don't know why, but that's some of my guys around here that I've helped uh, teach and uh, start their business. They use TikTok. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Did you? But, yeah. yeah it's, I don't know. It's just another platform that is now Facebook and Instagram are so integrated that once yeah. you're using the business suite through Facebook's new application, as soon as you post on Facebook, it goes to your Instagram and your Facebook. Yeah. I'm part of, a, I got invited to a new platform called Clubhouse. Have you heard of it? Yes. I've been following Elon Musk on there. Yeah. <laughs> With his uh, clubhouse interviews. Yeah, um, I was getting uh, notifications all the time when people would start whatever, but I, for some reason, I haven't gotten any in the last couple of days. Um, but uh, I, I thought, you know, if we could start a tribe on somewhere, you know, if it's not on the directory, um, you know, could we start something in clubhouse where we could just have chats and stuff? Um, I think that might be a potential platform uh, for meeting people, talking about powder coating as a group um, yeah. and stuff. Um, I, I see a lot of I see a lot of upside uh, to education, to equipment purchasing, better rates, cheaper equipment. Um, what do you think is the best way to reach out to these people? Is it just to these companies, these corporations, to kind of break that wall down. The big corporation? Are you talking about like, you know, PPG? Yeah, Nima? like, well, just DEMA. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Those guys. I think are they ever going to listen to us? They're not. They're, they're they're never going to, and I and I hate to say it, but you're looking at the company that makes $100,000, $200,000 a year, like a small powder coating company. But then they're selling, like, they just opened the LG factory here in Clarksville. Well, they do, their whole powder coating line is Gima. And I talked to the Gima rep here. He's like, yeah, I spend most of my time there. Yeah. Uh, and then when my Gima rep was here, I'm not trying to talk bad on anybody. When my Gima rep was here, he didn't know all the aspects of the gun, too. Right. And I was like, oh, no, because he just tells me, no, no, you just said it right here and then forget it. And I was like, you don't adjust your KVs. Well, you have to a little bit here and there. I was like, what about your fluidization air, your rinse air, stuff like that? He's like, oh, that's deep in the menu, blah, blah, blah. You really don't need to set them up because all they're thinking about is they got a 50 pound hopper with white all day, single stage, you know, or two stage, you know, that's not 
you need all those settings uh, when you're doing custom, really intricate parts, large parts, small parts. Um, they just don't have it. And their gun is so expensive. Is it really worth that much? I don't think so. People get caught on to the whole hype of, well, it's Kima, it's got to be good. Because they are the number one leading supplier of powder coating equipment in the world. Yeah. But some of all their components on those guns are proprietary. When I hear proprietary, I hear 10 times the value of all the other guns. And that's what I don't get because there are some key features like the new units that will go up to 110 KB. Uh, they got that PCC mode when you drop below uh, so many microamps or whatever. Um, but does it, I've shot them. I've had a GEMA gun in my shop for a couple of weeks on a demo model. I've got a, I've got an older Wagner. I've got an older Parker Onyx. I got the Intellico, which is a, a knockoff version of a GEMA OptiFlex 2. Right. And I have a, a Cool Coat 2.0. You, if you know your system, you don't need a super awesome gun. You know, right. you learn your system. You learn to work around, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's with any gun. Once you get it, you're going to have to know where your ideal air pressure is for that particular part, you know, how the, the powder comes out and everything. You just don't get it out of the box and do, you know, $10,000 set of wheels day one. Maybe if you're used to that particular model or something like that but it takes a little learning curve to get those i do notice a lot of people have a problem with digital units like i have that 171 here or not the 171 the intellicos system here it's a digital powder coating system just like a optiplex 2 i've tried so many times to teach people here in my shop how to use it and it's like they're forgetting to turn down the KV. They're forgetting to adjust the microamps. Oh, it's the second state. But if I put them on the little 2.0, I got the uh, Cool Coat 2.0. Oh, this is too easy. And it's kind of the same. It's an auto adjustment on the uh, the microamps. But, I mean, it's still basically the same principles. Just a lot more adjustability with the visual. So now, you're saying... Is, are you saying that it's like easier to train people on the more manual systems because if you go right to digital, it's like they're not grasping the changeover and dropping the KV and, and, yeah. and, so it, and making those okay. adjustments. And that's okay if it's like uh, me or uh, Ross or right. that one guy that's in there, you know, he knows all of his equipment. He knows all how it works and everything. He knows how to do it. But then when you start to grow and you pull employees in, yeah, it's a learning curve because I can't go down the road and say, hey, temp agency, I need some experienced powder coders or <laughs> hey, experienced powder coders want it. I'm not getting none. <laughs> there is no experienced powder coders here, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So you have to flatten that learning curve because you don't want a guy coming in working for four or five months still learning the dang digital gun. Why could I just put him on a, a, a manual analog system and he'll be fine. Right. Yeah. So that's, those are the, the gun system and the, well, I guess to get back to the uh, main uh, question was those bigger companies. Just let, I, my opinion is let them, keep doing the industrial all those powders 
that they have are usually white labeled or black labeled through smaller companies. I don't know a hundred percent sure if, uh, you know, like prismatic powders makes their powder in house, but I'm pretty sure they got a large, big company getting raw material and mixing colors in house, mm-hmm. not making the powder themselves. Um, and I think Columbia Coating just did that too. They got a system now where they can make custom colors in house, but they still need the raw basic materials to mix. It. Yeah, I, I I'm looking they, forward to that. I, I I know that's kind of a new. Uh, I don't know. It's not not a new. It's like an open secret, I guess, at this point. Um, people are that that's what they're kind of whispering that they can do this now. Um, yeah. I've heard from another large manufacturer that they're going to be doing that too. And that, that they can turn it around in like 48 hours or something like that. So in a small quantity. So, you know, I guess that's a, that's a win for the custom coder on one level, you know, um, I, I, I think, um, well, I, I lost my thought on what I wanted to, the takeaway from that one article, was that they're like uh, it's 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 like they're so far from their beginnings or their their the history of you know i mean these guys that invented powder coating um the patents and all of that i mean they were just they were literally like us they were like us they were just experimenting they were trying new things um i get really excited when i see um, you know, you did something experimental on your, I saw on, on a recent post. Um, um, and, you know, I mean, I think it was the Johnny Cash something. Or oh, yeah, that was a, my buddy has worked at this place. Uh, he's the fabricator in my shop because I started doing fabric. We started doing fabricating last year. Um, he's like, man, I think we should get some glass because I have a large sandblasting area. Yeah, I should probably let me bring that up because it's a pretty cool can it. I liked how it turned out. It's not perfect by no means, but it's a large door that the first time I ever uh powder coated a glass. Now I did glass cups a while back, mugs yeah. and engraved them, but this is just a little bit different. Um just to see what it would do. And I use actually I use car vinyl, which works a little bit better than like the Oracle 651 or high bake vinyl. Uh-huh. But and I cut it on a vinyl cutter. And yeah, let me share my screen. It was, I probably shouldn't have used transparents. Those were, uh, oh yeah, there it is. Oh, because it came out kind of light? But it is, it is transparent colors. Um, Wait, so that's a vinyl? That's a no. vinyl. Yeah. Okay. Wait, where'd the mm-hmm. other... Here we go. And uh, so you have to heat that up. And what it is, is there's no way to uh, control thickness if you're heating it up and spraying it directly. I'm hot walking. Right, so, yeah. Um, so you're going to get uh, thicker areas. And yeah, the blotchiness right kind of. <clears throat> yeah. right here. It did even <laughs> out a lot. And there is light right here. There's light right around the uh, hook areas and stuff. But... You didn't know what to do until you did it one time. Right. I yeah. know what to do, change next. I got another one of these doors, but I'm going to etch blast it next week, put a design in it. And then oh, there's a video too. Okay. I missed the video. 
Yeah, I, I walked around real quick. I'll turn the volume off. That was that after. Yeah, so I painted, after the okay. So I painted the front in a black chrome three. Yeah. Uh, with the logo, and then the back, I painted uh, transparent copper. That's cool. I like the two different colors you did. Because it just, I don't know, I was just messing around. We just throw some stuff on there. Um, yeah, it's cool. You got friends that, you know, don't mind experimenting. Yeah, they brought us the glass and everything. They, like, delivered it. Yeah, we'll bring you two shower glasses. They were mess-ups. They're just sitting out here. I was like, cool, let's try it out. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Um, and he loves Johnny Cash. Oh, we, I think that was my, yeah, Johnny Cash. That's my buddy. He's like, let's do Johnny Cash. I was like, right. <laughs> Yeah. Could be singing in the shower with Johnny. Um, cool. I like that. I, I just saw that this morning and I thought, well, that's, a, that's, you know, it, it, this, this, um, be, you know, just this, this way of like, it's just remin to me, it's reminiscent of the history of powder coating where they were just literally like taking shavings from paint and trying to electrify them onto metal and then putting it in the oven. I mean, that's that's essentially what powder coating became or came from, you know? So these guys were just like, they were um, experimenting, you know? And, and like we are, and I, it's so funny how, I mean, it's great that the industry has grown as big as it has uh, industrially. Um, and I know that we're just a fly on the wall kind of thing, or we're, some little gnat flying around their face, but um, you know, I, I feel like we're closer to them, you know, if to we, the originators. We, I don't think individually we'll get their attention in the industry. Yeah. Uh, as a collective, if we created our own, I guess our our own institute, the Custom Coder Institute, <laughs> and uh, then they would be like, well, hold on, guys. Wait a minute. We're the standard of powder coating. And we're like, no, you're the standard of industrial powder coating. You're not the standard of custom powder coating. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think more and more smaller powder companies like Powder Battle Pound, Columbia Coating Prismatic Powders, um, All Powder Paints, those companies are going to get more relevant, um, more of those type of companies in a smaller area. Of course, but then again, you look at it like, yeah, you can't run down to the O'Reilly's and get some powder that you need because you just ran out of that particular color, but you can't get overnight shipping. Mm -hmm. And it's relatively inexpensive for what they're offering, you know. Uh, so that quickness, of course, I got some in Nashville and Columbia Coatings is Columbia, Tennessee. It's like two and a half, or an hour and a half away from me. I can run down there and grab them anytime. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, but, um, some of those people don't have that choice. Like the closest powder coating company that sells powder coating is a state or two over. <laughs> um, right. And then I don't know about what you guys out there in Hawaii. Uh, well, my difficulty this week was I have a client that wants to, um, needs a pound of Tiger just for some samples. And of course I can't, I can't, they got a five pound, uh, but that's out of my pocket at first yeah. for some silver gloss or metallic, it's like a metallic out of the Steelix catalog. Um, 
And uh, I noticed that I went to Crosslink and I noticed that they didn't have a pound of that. So I emailed Gabe, but I haven't heard back from him from Crosslink Paints. So I, I may have to bite it and order this five pound. And of course they're switching, you know, I can't call Gabe because Gabe's not my rep anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't haven't met the new girl, Kelly. So um, Kelly, if you're out there, call me. Um, She's supposedly my new rep, but I haven't heard from her yet. So, uh, you know, um, I'll just might have to just bite the bullet and order it. But, um, you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe maybe the custom coders should just we should just be, you know, stop trying to bridge this gap between the industrialists and the custom coders and just go our own way, you know, just build our own educational systems, build our I, own equipment. I don't know if you know this, but I'm very partial to Columbia Coatings. <laughs> and like I do but a lot we, of- We all are. We're, yeah. You know, they were some of the first people we ordered from. Yeah. And, and that is like, I, those are your newer high, those are going to be the companies that cater like the big box companies catered to industrials, those are the companies that as they get better, as it gets more relevant, those guys are going to be the ones that cater more to the custom coder than the industrial side. Um, and I hate to say it, but it's all about time and investment. So as we a business owner, using those companies, those smaller companies, Prismatic, Columbia, Powder by the Pound, we're investing money in their products, showing it off, selling more of, they'll wind up, becoming larger yeah. will it happen tomorrow will it happen in five years it'll slowly progress because nobody just builds a standardization of powder uh or for a custom side and i'm pretty sure like in the industrial world there's always uh everything's q and a a quality assurance aspect to it mm -hmm. um me being being in, in the military you know there's always uh, you know mill standards and mm -hmm. stuff like that well and that's why I think those big companies are so was created because they needed a standardization. If we're going to put this in an industrial aspect, it can't just be maybe it's thick enough, maybe it's not. No, we have to be applying it this same thickness, this same deal every time where it's repeatable. It's uh, easier for the the uh, the worker to learn and repeat it on a daily basis. And it's a totally different world than the custom paint you know, custom powder shops. Um, I mean, you look at automotive industries that's painting cars, they usually dip those things and it's all automated or whatever, with robotic arms. You hardly have anybody working inside those places anymore. Mm -hmm. um, they're just more of a, a monitor, a manager of robotics, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. Just make sure everything's working properly. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. It I think the, I think you're right. I, I think I I think I get what you're saying. And um, they were kind of mentioning that a lot of this new economy or whatever this thing is that's happened since 2020 moving forward is going to be like just it's like the distribution of products and services is going to be more local, like it's um, these mid-level companies um, will have to sustain our local economies. Um, like similar to what you're saying about um, 
Colombia. You know, they'll be the regional supplier of everything because, you know, with whether it, we're going to continue to have logistics supply uh, disruptions and, and stuff on the macro level, um, it might lend itself to having more regional suppliers or more local suppliers. Um, and I think that that's kind of what they're talking about with this new new economy or whatever thing they're talking about. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, don't know. know that part. It, it's just, there's so much speculation. Yeah, you people say they're going to change. Will it change? I don't know. You know, the, the logistics has always been, I was on the phone with uh, DJ Squared a while ago. They're backordered on everything. Everything is made to order right now because they just can't keep up with demand because when production stopped at the larger manufacturers, it's slink effect all the way down. And we're filling the we're filling the back end part of what manufacturers that shut down or raw material did last year. It's getting back to I got it sometimes too, trying to order stuff. Oh, four to six weeks delivery time. You need lead time to build it or something like that where it used to not be, everything was in stock because they just had a shelf of them just sitting there. Right, yeah. Now we're playing catch up. Because everything right now, I was talking to the guys at DJ Squared, they're a manufacturer of like two benders and plasma tables, but right. they don't, he said everything is built to order right now. We have no stock of anything. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You sold all your stuff, but What's it going to look like six months down the line? Mm -hmm. What's it going to look like a year down the line? Are you still going to be doing that? Or are you going to dock your storage back up? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Good question. But that's And that's a lot of the Chrome. That's why there was so much problems out of Chrome this year. I don't know if you noticed that. They were running yeah. out of raw material to make it. It's yeah, missing. It's yeah. <laughs> well, guess who's the one that's going to hurt the worst? It's the little guys like us because then when the stuff does get on the shelf big companies are already right there buying it all yeah or they're back ordered the, and yeah we'll never get, get it or scraps that yeah we swept this chrome up off the floor <laughs> 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 i doubt they did that but uh but that's what happens right now don't you be know, surprised of course don't get me started on chrome i don't even want chrome I'll try to do away with it. uh yeah yeah um, well, a lot of people are switching to just silver, right? Using the silver as a base instead of they're just we're just trying out, you know, again, experimenting. I, I love that about the custom coders are just, you know, yeah. I guess they have the time to to try something different and do something different, like powder coating on a glass shower door, you know, <laughs> just something to get attention. I don't know. <laughs> you need content. Yeah, <laughs> I just no, need content. Fine. Give me your glass shower door. <laughs> but you um, never know though, unless you try it, you know. I, mean, I am going to try to make a YouTube video about that uh, in the next couple of weeks. I got to do some other stuff, get some glass, because I'm going to sandblast it too and etch it. That's cool. We did, we've done that. It came out really cool. Yeah. I'm good. Um, so, Dad brought me some mirrors. He's like, you got a sandblaster? I was like, yeah. Can you etch these mirrors for me? I was like, I have never done that before. Oh, it's too easy. Because he was using like a Harbor Freight blast pot and he was dumping like two 50 pound uh, bags in like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was like, nah, 
Uh, mine's way more efficient than that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So tell me what you do in the race world. You're pretty, so that's are how you pretty involved in that? Got me, uh, that's what got me like known in my city and the area is that probably a year into uh, me powder coating, one of the guys that I had worked with in the army had gotten out and he started up this, you know, race team called uh, Top Secret Speed. It mm-hmm. was like a nonprofit veteran organization working on cars, drag racing cars, stuff like that. And he's like, hey, Reno, you want to sponsor me? And he actually won a cup for me because I used to do free cup giveaways once a month, like custom tumblers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of interest, you know, make a custom cup. People love yeah. it. Buy 10 of them, too, while you're doing the contest. So uh, he won a cup from me, and then he asked me to sponsor him, and I sponsored his car, and then, like, everywhere he went, you know, here, Reno King powder coated this. Reno King did this. Come to the track, man. Come to – and then all of a sudden, I'm getting intakes, valve covers um, all over the place, you know. And that's when I started doing a lot of high-temp Cerakote, too. Um, mm-hmm. Just matching that stuff up, decking people's motors out, turbo housings. Uh, I'd even got to where I'm powder coating whole engine blocks, you know, a whole engine, you know. Wow. Uh, the block, the oil pan, the heads, the valve covers, making it all match lock. The engine has to be completely disassembled, but the overall finished product, you know, I got a, a mud truck out there with the engine that I did in it three years ago, and it still looks just as good as it does day one. Um, and I didn't know what it was going to do because at that time, nobody I knew of or could find powder coated a whole engine before. Uh, there's probably people out there that did it, but nothing that I found on YouTube or anything. Um, yeah, not very many people want to take that risk. Yeah, it I think I heard something about learning about the metallurgical properties and stuff like that. You know, when I started doing this, people cannot, can you powder coat my rims? They're made of aluminum. Will the, will the heat warp the wheel or degrade the aluminum? And I was like, shoot, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> but then I found out like, oh yeah, car manufacturer has been doing it for years now or wheel manufacturer has been doing it for years. I was like, well, if Inky or BBS ain't never had no problem, I don't think we are either because it should be around the same temperature of what I'm cooking it at. Um, right. Well, and it's it kind of like um, in, uh, they're, they're just, because it's mostly auto body and, you know, that world of auto body and car building and stuff. It, they're just relying on their friends to paint their, you know, paint their, paint their everything, right. For their, yeah. for their race cars and stuff. And, um, they don't know any powder coating friends, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> now uh, everybody wants to know their powder coating friend. <laughs> So I do a lot of those uh, those rear end housings from Hammer Concepts and Designs. I've done two this week, probably, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 this year of all these uh, high-end uh, chromoly uh, rear end housings and uh, very particular people. Like, they're his customers, you know. They're building, like, $200,000, you know, uh, race cars, you know, mm-hmm. drag cars. Um, 
so everything is mint on these until they take it out to the drag strip but <laughs> but they take a lot of pride into it they want every little piece yeah. perfect and i there a lot of people are going away like painting the cars they're just having them the, the body prepped and then wrapped and then everything else is powder coated the cage and all that mm-hmm. now some people do fight against the powder coating on roll cages because it's great until you hit a wall or a tree, depending on what right. race you're doing. So now you got to cut that bar out, yeah. the new in, and now all you're left with is spray paint. Right. It's right. Or disassemble your whole rod and powder coat it again. <laughs> so, uh, but I do a lot of cages too. And, uh, I've done a few rock bouncers, mod light frames, sprint cars, stuff like that. Yeah, we have a, for as small as Maui is, we actually have a very passionate group, a large group actually, of racers and um, sprint car racers and drag drag racing and stuff like that. It, it kind of took a damper these last year or so because they've been doing, they did a huge renovation over there and then after that COVID hit. So we've been sponsoring the racetrack and and stuff, uh, but um, it hasn't. Not much has been going on just because it yeah. went from construction to COVID. Sponsored drivers buy the advertisements on the wall. Sponsored drivers. Yeah, there's a guy that's gonna. There's the guys that's gonna talk about. Oh, look at this work! Look how beautiful my car is. Oh, it's so hot. Because I when I go to a drag strip and because I'll go just to talk and visit and see stuff you know but i'll go out and look at all these cars and i'll, I'll say hey you know the only thing you know this car's only good for two things and they'll look at me like what the looking good and going fast and i can help you out with looking good man I'm right <laughs> <laughs> with my armor coating i can powder coat your wheels or whatever you want and they'll laugh at me like yeah man i'll i'll uh i'll look you up man i'm gonna bid tear the car down this uh year and i'll have you powder coat a bunch of stuff so yeah getting out there and letting people know because a lot of times i get customers that come in and say hey you could do all these colors with powder coating i thought it was just black people don't know your consumer needs to be educated they don't a lot of people don't understand like just before y'all painted which i guess you've had paint background but before i did i was like powder coating what the heck is powder coating you know I had to do a whole bunch of research on it just to see if it was something I wanted to do. And then I said, oh, it's relatively easy. You know, uh, of course, everybody says that in the beginning until they start doing it. Uh, well, it sounds like you did a lot of the footwork. Um, you know, like you do have to do a lot of the pounding of the pave- pavement to get your name out there. You know, I used to- just knowing a bunch of friends on Facebook. Yeah. So what I did for the longest, like if I had to go somewhere or pick something up, mm-hmm. I would make it a road trip or whatever around town. I kind of made it a point to at least stop at one business that I thought might use my services and just go in and introduce myself, tell them where I'm at and hand them my business card. And you, when I was looking at the beginning, I was like, oh, look at all your fabrication shops. So what do I do, I just look up on uh fabricators near me in clarksville you know and i'm like oh i'm gonna go to this welding place tomorrow i'm gonna go to this bad shop next day i'm gonna go to this tire shop tomorrow you know 
just go in and say hi, drop our car off and stuff. So, and then going to the racetrack, going to these events, you know, that's one thing I never see. Like they got uh, LS Fest here in Bowling Green, uh, all these like trade shows and cars and coffee and all this. You know what's not there at any of them? A powder coating booth. Mm-hmm. Paint booth. Not a booth to paint in, but to uh, advertise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nobody's there. I was like, why is nobody hitting this market? Yeah, I, I, we were about ready to do that when COVID hit. We were, because we were moving to this side and a lot of the guys with cars are, you know, so we had to camp, you know, we had a lot of cancellations on those car events and cars and coffee. I don't know if they're meeting right now still. We're, we're still relatively shut down, but, um, you know, we were, we were giving out like 10% off or whatever cards to the cars and coffee people um and stuff i i think that's a great way to 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 just do the p the the pr i guess to side it's not just utilizing um instagram and facebook if you need something a little bit more now yeah personable now uh you know a lot of people are like yeah i like Facebook marketplace and stuff. And I, I'm sure that's great works for you. But if I, if, if it was me and I was starting out again, I probably would um, avoid Craigslist and avoid marketplace and just get out and meet people and walk, you know, we're in a new area. In fact, I just had a bunch of these like cards that I made. They're just flyers that I made. And it's, it's just a picture with, you know, find your happy Maui powder works. And it's just try powder coating. It's really simple card. I think I made it online in about five minutes and uh, print them out. And it was like 36 bucks delivered to my door and it had our old location on it. So I just <laughs> whited that out and put in our new location and I'm just going to walk around the block. Yeah. And let everybody know that we're around the corner here. So I'm getting ready to do that. And that's, it could be that simple, you know, uh, to, to get your name out and, and, you know, it helps to be personable. And I think that you have that ability, you know, it's not everybody is like, if I had to ask my husband to do that, I mean, like he's, he's not like, you know, he's, yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> Some people just don't. I, I was never a uh, people person. I don't know how. I, I don't know. I say that, but I was. Uh, bar, I worked at a barbecue restaurant until I was 25, and then joined the army until I was, or I just got out a year and a half ago, but, uh, and then started this five years ago. So I'm always around people. Right. I say I'm not a people person, but I've always been in that position to be a people person. <laughs> well you're a natural talker i think and you know you come across confident and stuff um and ross does too it's just um you know he's so busy doing what he's doing you you know he doesn't i don't think he sees the value of talking to people (laughs) he's like well i need to talk to everybody i already got all this work to do (laughs) yeah you like kim you keep piling it on (laughs) (laughs) like sorry um 
And I'm, I don't like to say no very often. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> and you know what? The, there is a there is a good story about that. I, mean, I try to find that. I I you know I might want to pause the podcast and go grab this because I love this story and I've been wanting to share it for a long time. So bear with me for yeah, no, tell yeah. tell the audience a, a story while I go and look for this thing. Tell us just a a fun and interesting story that's happened to you maybe with a customer or something like that. Oh, now you got me thinking. I'm all. Uh, <laughs> Put you on the spot. Me, you don't. Me you don't talk. I got, I got notes, <laughs> none of those <laughs> Well, talk about anything you want. I won't put this oh, down for a second. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I will say, uh, like we we have some questions on here. Uh, Kim sent me. Uh, Kimberly sent me some uh, questions that we might go over and stuff. Uh, so. How do you keep your A game going? Uh, you just, do I subscribe to specific processes, mantra, or philosophy? And I'd hate to even uh, get into that because I'm afraid she might ask me later. But uh, helping everybody kind of gets me into that. I'm sorry, I was just uh, talking about your A game, keeping your A game going. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great one. Because that's that I think people can lose like uh, motivation. Um, and just give up because they hit roadblocks or difficulties um, or they don't know what to do. They're like, oh, this is not working. There's always there's a million ways to skin a cat. You know? Yeah. Uh, and keeping on my A game and my, just getting on here, talking to my other friends that I've acquired through this uh, powder coating um, journey that I've done. I'll just shit those guys. Hey, what are you all guys doing? And then they show me videos or, man, I just knocked these, you know, American force wheels out and all this. I was like, dang, man, how do you do that? Because I got a buddy uh, down in uh, Memphis, Dirty White Boys, um, Daniel yeah. Powers. He yeah. just started like this past year, a little bit before 2019 and 2019. He's like, mm -hmm. Reno, help me out. And he was actually going to be one of my customers, but he was all the way down in Memphis when he found out about me about three years ago. And then one day he's like, man, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try powder coating. I was like, dude, I'll help you out. Let's go. And now he's like, he's getting like these super expensive wheels. Like people are shipping them up from Texas and all this. He's wow. still working full-time job. Uh, he's really big in like the uh, fuel. He's on fuel TVs. Mentioned him a few times on there for doing these multi-tone polished powder coated wheels you know mm -hmm. and i'm like golly dude i was like i've been doing this for five years he's stepping in he's like well man i had a good teacher you know and, and i get these i get on there they give me motivation you know because yeah they'll call me when they're having a hard time and i kind of lean on them too when i'm having a hard time because i see how far they've come and they they like dude check this out man look at what i just did man i can't believe this holy crap look at Cause he told me today, he's like, Oh man, a guy wants me to do this whole motorcycle build. I told him I can't get, get to it for a month. He's like, and the dude was like, okay, here's 1500 down. I want my spot now. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> that is ridiculous. And that, that, that makes me feel good. I was like, man, I don't have yeah. my game, man. I'm like, these guys that I taught are passing me up now. And 
individual determination area, a lot of these things, what are you comfortable with? Are you afraid to look outside the box? You know, and those people have been with me a long time, you know, um, like Brandon Morgan down in uh, B2 Powder Coating in Chattanooga, Daniel Papin. Mm -hmm. These are Harley Dave from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, these guys, uh, uh, Harley Dave was one of the reasons I started. Harley Dave, Brandon wow. Murray, a couple of, is the reason why I started uh, Powder Coating Kings. Um, and they'd always call me and I'd help them out. And they're like, oh, thanks, man, dude. I, I just could not get it. And so I call those guys up, you know, I'm like, hey, what y'all are doing? They might not know it, but, you know, I get down, but I try not to show it because, I don't know, the guy that they learn through, learn from is having a hard time. It doesn't look right, but I, I reach out to those guys and just see how they're doing, check up on them. Because uh, sometimes I won't hear from them for a couple of months. I'm like, man, I hope he didn't give up. And I, I'll text them, you know, and I'm like, oh, good, you know. Tell me what yeah. you got. Post some pictures up. Don't let me, don't forget about us on here. That's how I feel too about the podcast. Um, I noticed that, you know, when I had Roro uh, on at the very beginning um, and uh, it's just, I, I was shocked that he actually said yes. <laughs> it was only my second podcast. <laughs> And then um, he recently had been featured on another podcast. He wasn't in the podcast. Somebody had mentioned him about the podcast. Oh, yeah. And then I saw him and um, Ion Powder Coating doing an Instagram Q&A live. And I watched it for a little bit. I couldn't watch the whole thing, but I... And then the other day we had, we did uh, Powder Coating International with Benny from SS Powder Coating uh, Queensland. And I saw Benny was doing a Q&A on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I feel like, you know, like maybe coming on the podcast has given everybody the uh, confidence to, to, to utilize these, you know, these social media tools to get out there and, and and meet and greet and talk and, you know, build awesome. that community for themselves. And I, I love Sometimes that. I don't know if it works, you know, I mean, you get, yeah. you get a bad taste in your mouth right off the bat and you're, Oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to get into powder coating. And then you put some questions up and like, yeah, you dumbass, blah, blah, blah. You're not supposed to do that. And be like, dude, I just started. I really hate this, you know? And it, why would you do this? I don't know. You, you build them <laughs> up. You're like, Oh man, that's awesome. I mean, you're only three weeks in. You're already doing that stuff, you know? That's it's yeah. great. Uh, and then hearing for podcasts like this and others, then they're like, oh, that guy didn't know anything about it, but he made it happen. Oh, he's he started from nothing. Oh, he used to work. You know, oh, that guy's just like me, you know? Yeah. And I, he, break he, down he, those walls so that you yeah. put up in your mind. They're afraid you know? that they won't get the business doing Facebook or marketing like that because they've never done it before. They don't know about it, but then they hear from somebody in the same industry, like, yeah, dude, I just started doing Facebook and then I got busy as heck, you know? And they're like, well, maybe we should try that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't pay nobody to do anything. I do it all in house. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you that. Cause it, you make it look easy. I and do I know everything. it's not that easy, but 
What other tools do you use now? My buddies help me. He, he, well, buddy, he, he works for me. Uh, Brendan Joyner. Uh, he helps me. He has uh, experience. He knows how you, he had his own little YouTube channel. I'll say little. I haven't really looked at it. At it and I feel kind of bad about that. But he's like, dude, you got a YouTube channel? I was like, yeah. He's like, how many subscribers do you got? I was like, 1,600. And he was just blown away. Like, I was like, I haven't even touched it in a year, really. Because <laughs> I've been busy. It was just me and my wife working through this whole COVID deal. Yeah. And uh, he comes in and, you know, we're now working more and more together mm-hmm. on it. Because after a while, it gets a lot to handle. You right. know, you're editing videos. You're advertising on Facebook. <laughs> you're working 70, 80 hours a week. You're like, yeah. all right, let something off here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's learning these uh, platforms and getting out there is uh, really great. It, and it doing is. it all yourself, I think, is good because if you're hiring a company to put your name out there, they're not. Yeah. They're just putting your name out there. They're not putting you out there. They're, yeah, I was gonna say, and that's what I thought I, when I realized what you were doing. I I already. Cause I knew myself, you know, I do it all too. And I noticed you were doing your own. I, I, I was going to ask you if you paid somebody, but I could tell you did it because it's more authentic, you know? Um, and don't underestimate the power of authenticity. I mean, it's nice to, that they're bridging the gap between um, and being able to post across platforms. Um, but uh, you know, getting familiar with social media platforms is key to your, uh, to, 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 to producing more content and, and don't, don't think you have to be original every time. like Instagram, I mean, reshare a post. Nobody's going to, don't try to kill yourself creating something brand new. Nobody's ever seen before for, you know, months and months. Cause that's what I did when I first started doing the Instagram. It has to be different every day. I have to say something unique and fancy and all that. And, um, you know, of course I've said this before on the show that the beauty of powder coating is that you're creating something new every day, but uh, but don't think you have to be fresh and innovative every day, right? You just have to connect with your customer. And, and I have not been on Instagram for, I, I want to say good two months. And I put one post out there uh, about Ross's rims because he powder coated him in black label, uh, murderous black and stuff and I just documented the whole like how he did it and you know just a simple post and I got I had you know usually you don't get a lot if you don't post regularly you know you the reach low you lower your chances of getting more eyeballs on your post it's it's an it's the algorithm thing with Instagram. Instagram is a little bit different because if you would have tagged Black Label or yeah, I did. I did tag Black Label and I tagged Columbia on there as well uh, because we did a, we did a two tone killer on the rim, yeah. so we used to uh, Columbia. Yeah, Black Label's got a lot of following just because yeah, they, they do. But I but those are but really what it was is I haven't posted in two months. The bottom line was. I only got like 55 
likes on the post, it was just a one, it wasn't even a series of posts or pics. It was just, a, I did a like a nine, uh, it was just a nine uh, block and where I took all the photos and put them into one page, one picture, and it was, you know, squares. And I got a 22% engagement rate with just 55 and nine profile views and a couple of messages. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it could literally like, it's, it's not awesome. how much it's the how, <laughs> you know, like how, how quality it is and who, and are you really, it's, it's uh, what you're saying in the post that gets your customer to respond and engage. It's nice to have you and other people follow us and, and stuff, but you're not my customer. No. I mean, it's nice that I get extra likes from the powder coaters and stuff for my posts or whatever. And I'm but I do going on there, but hmm? what's that? I do have a lot of friends in Hawaii. You do? Well, I'm military, so I got like, oh, yeah. Uh, five buddies that all their families in Hawaii right now uh, stationed there. So you were what what branch of the military Army? Army. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah, huge here. Schofield. Yeah, Schofield. Yeah. And yeah. they're in there. So don't never I might not be your customer, but I might be able to refer. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people everywhere. So <laughs> being in the military and I was in aviation, that's a very small community. It um, is. Very tight. Usually you know a lot of people in the aviation. Yeah. Um, well, I must have liked this uh, thing I'm about to share so much because I didn't have to look very far. It was actually the very first page of this. I, I took a class, uh, a business class a, a couple of years ago, and they'd always hand out these, give these handouts and stuff. And I, I just say, saved them all because they are just so important. Uh, maybe I'll be able to share them to everyone at some point. Um, but there's some that this one really, this one really uh, got to me. Um, I guess because I, I'm kind of more of a salesperson at heart. I've uh, been on a lot of sales positions over the years. And this one really got to me because sales are so critical to any business, right? Um, it is yes. really one of the cores of your business. And the, the, the name of this is called Five Reasons Why You Should Seek Rejection. Um, and it was posted uh, back in 2013. And it's a little bit of a story, but it says, nearly 40 years ago, I learned one business lesson that became the foundation of every success I've ever enjoyed. I was out of college for the summer and working as a door-to-door -door educational materials salesman for the Southern Southwestern Company. Believe me when I tell you that there is no better introduction to the feeling of rejection <laughs> Then having to a door slammed in your face over and over again, you know, I guess because he's selling like encyclopedias, right? Nobody yeah. wants, you know, he's being nice when he says educational material salesman. Um, every day ended the same. I was exhausted both physically and emotionally. My sales were low. I wasn't getting nearly the amount of yes that I needed. I was truly on the verge of packing my bags and quitting 
when I got an idea that totally revolutionized my way of thinking. What if instead of making my goal about the number of sales I made, it was about the number of sales pitches I did every day. From that moment on, I stopped focusing on getting sales. My single focus was on the goal of doing 30 sales pitches every single day, no matter the outcome. So even if I did 30 pitches and was rejected all 30 times, I could still accomplish my goal. But here's the funny part. I never could get 30 no's in a row. If I succeeded in doing 30 pitches, I always got at least one yes. I ended up becoming one of the best salesmen simply by not caring whether or not I made the sale. Uh, and then it goes on to say, uh, years later, I took this concept to another level I just started managing a young comedian and was trying to get him bookings in the college market. For my goal for each day was being beyond simply doing 30 pitches, I was now trying to literally receive 30 no's every day. On each phone call, I would actually say, would you be interested in booking a comedian? Would you? <laughs> Anyways, it goes it it goes on to just talk about how he basically looks for the no now because he's so good at sell sell you know. So tell me what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I before I did the uh, power cream business, I did like direct marketing, kind of sold some like uh, it's called Zija Health stuff. Mm -hmm. And actually, yeah, I don't. I don't do that, but it did teach me a lot. So it taught me how to talk to people. Yeah. And it goes into the deal like uh, ask 10 people, get one yes, you're good. Ask 10 people, get two yeses, you're getting better. Ask 10 people, you get three yeses, you're really good. If you get that fourth yes out of 10 people, you're doing some awesome stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's 40% engagement, right? Or, yes. So yeah. It, and yeah, th 30 yeses or no, and never preload yourself of expectation. And what I mean is don't try to sell pitch and think, well, I'm just awesome. And he's going to say yes, because he, <laughs> well, he doesn't know you're awesome, right? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, well, you, you know, don't preload yourself an expectation. If it takes right. to know, it's a no, but move on. Ask somebody else, you know, uh, bugging can be a good deal. Bugging can be a bad deal. Too much calling, you know, oh, let me contact you back later in two weeks. Maybe you change your mind or something like that. But you put a, put something that triggers a remembrance in their head. Uh, and that's why you get so, like, I'm like, yeah, an enthusiastic atmosphere or an enthusiastic attitude or character, whatever. Mm -hmm. That puts something in somebody's head, like, especially if you can make them laugh. Uh, Oh, that's crazy, you know? And then they'll remember you. And then later down the line, they're like, I did meet somebody who can powder coat. Hold on, let me call this guy up. What was his number, information? Yeah. Uh, and it's the sales pitch. Yeah, I don't know about 30. That's a lot. I don't know how much work. Well, this was. His is just strictly, you know, how many sales can you get? 
right. in the industry. That's why I go to those places. I'm not really asking. I'm asking them if they would need my services or if in the future they possibly would have a customer that need my service. Please hit me up. Yeah. You know, and I go to the I don't go to the individuals. I go where other individuals go uh, that right. would possibly need that service. You know, if you're if you're powder coating wheels all the time, I'm not going to go to a lamp store. Pass, <laughs> right. I'm going to go to the wheel shops in town and start passing out and be like, hey, you got any old wheels in the back? I can powder coat and set up as a display with my cards in it. And that's another thing. I hit up automotive places in town. Hey, you got any junk parts like valve covers so I can, when I go someplace, I can have displays? Yeah. yeah they give you for free. <laughs> Especially it sounds like, like you've got a lot of really innovative things you did marketing-wise beyond the SEO and beyond the social media that you, you know, you didn't, you didn't just sit at your desk going, when's my next sale? Or when is that customer going to come in or whatever? I mean, you kind of, you really realized that it was a wholehearted, you know, well-rounded marketing effort you had to put into it, you know, that it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and, and stuff. You couldn't just, you know, it, I, 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 I always think there's another way, you know, um, right. There's always another way. Like even my Facebook, I got Facebook, um, uh, campaign set up and I turn them off and on depending on how much workload I have in the next three to four weeks. Yeah, right. So if I say, if I'm looking and I'm like, oh, it's not income tax time yet or whatever, you know, it's about to be. So why would I want to advertise? How much, how much stuff do I have in the shop? What is my outlook in the next two weeks to three weeks? Do I need more business? Can I hold more business? Maybe I should turn my marketing on because people are going to be looking to spend money. If they're searching in all your algorithms and cookies, <laughs> if you're looking up car parts and if you even, oh, painting or powder coating, uh, setting those demographics up and interests and likes into your Facebook campaigns will trigger those ads to be popped up on your Facebook. So, yeah, there's a little and then also going around and talking like right now, uh, probably in next month, the racetrack opens. Yeah. They're not going to be a lot of good power coding right there because usually people are racing, they don't have time to take the stuff off their car. Usually the winter months is their tear down and build up season. Right. So that's when you get all the powder coating for car stuff. Now, not to say you won't get it in the future, but, you know, you go to these places, put that seed in their hand, you know, go out to, oh man, that's a super awesome car, dude. You know, get to talking to them. Yeah. And stuff. Then, but hey, when you get ready to tear this thing down, dude, I'll do these wheels for you, put your logo down the side or something like that. Sure enough, not everyone will hit you back up, but they'll remember you six months later. Yeah, that's true. Then you send them a friend's request and you invite them to your page. and Now your stuff is starting to more relevantly be on their Facebook feed because I hate to say it, most people are going to go scrolling through their phone. It's a, I don't listen to really radio at all. I don't listen to uh, regular TV at all, but I am on my Facebook live. <laughs> Yeah, we all Not are. Bad, but it's my connection to business. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I think a, a holistic approach really is the best approach. It, it can be exhausting, but um, otherwise, if you if you're just waiting, if you're just doing like Instagram and you're waiting for that, it it, it 
might take you a while, you know. Um, I don't and know. I think, I think I'll, I'll listen to uh, the dude from uh, Unknown Coatings. He was talking uh, about it. He's like, I, I really don't, I'm not, I'm not, y'all are not out there for likes. You're not, in in some cases I am. And I, and I hate to say it, the more people that know about you or the more people that subscribe to your settings, subscribe to your channel, the more people know about you because it's a compounded yeah. instant. Because they got yeah. hundreds of friends you don't have. So I, I, I don't... I kind of agree and I and I don't agree because I yeah. do want more people to like it because I've got my my Facebook is YouTube videos on how to or my YouTube is videos on how to powder coat but I've gotten a lot of customers from that which they just oh this guy can do wheels oh this guy can do that or whatever they're not might not be the best or you know my awesome most awesome product but it'll send them to my Facebook page where you can see all the good work that I've done not just a YouTube video set up. I am powder coating that stuff for real, but it's hard for me to do a two-tone video or something like that because I put my headphones on and tune everybody out when I do that stuff, you know. I don't want nobody talking to me or nothing. Uh, but getting those likes, and that's how you, what y'all are talking about, building the community for the custom coders. More people need to be interested and engaged. The more people are interested in engaging, the more things get to moving. Yeah, that's why I'm, I, I, um, there's a platform that I'd like to put on the directory and, you know, we already has, have this user base already where there's a, you know, you, you have to create your user account in order to post your page on the directory. And it's a free posting, of course, I just want you guys to have a valuable backlink to your, to, so that customers that land on that page and want to learn more about powder coating, because um, customers are searching and they're searching, they're searching beyond Google uh, and locally. Um, I know because I, I have a blog that is proving that, um, but uh on the back end, we could easily, we have the, you know, if we have more and more people signing up, especially I'm tired of Facebook, to be honest with you. I, um, I know a lot of my followers are aware of that. Um, there's a lot of pitfalls to it. I am, but um, it's, gonna, there's not another program or an application that's on. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing I was thinking, what could keep people on, you know, on the directory without having to go through Facebook. Um, because in the end, if you're, if we're all here for our customers and the customers are coming to say, if they were to come to the directory and have a question about rims or color or architectural or whatever, um, there could be someone there, you know, as a user um, but we could also have a conversation. We could answer questions that customers have. It could be a bigger community. It's not, whereas Facebook is, the Facebook group is just really, uh, uh, it's just for powder coders, right? You're not, occasionally you'll get a customer in there that's joined or whatever, uh, yeah, and they're asking are, their question. There are some that have a lot more consumers in it than, or a lot of consumers in it. I try to have no consumer. 
Right. Yeah. Yours is just strictly um, for coders, yeah. hobbyists, and businesses. Right. Or people who are interested in getting into it. Right. Um, and I think that there's. I think there could be with this platform. I believe that you can actually. Uh, you can actually have a question and answer area for. So you can kind of you can kind of gauge the level of engagement that you want to obviously be in. Um, and you can have communities set up ahead of time. So like if you are a customer or uh, someone who's looking for powder coating, you would go into this group um, and then, you know, and any, any of the users on the directory could, could chime in. You know, if you're looking yeah. for sales, if you're looking for a sale, you know, a lot of people are shipping their stuff to people. I mean, just, just based on relationships, you know, um, that's it. It's like, if you're just, if you're good at, uh, brake calipers, people, people are shipping them to you. I have customers right now that have customers for years. Yeah. They just want me to do it. Mm -hmm. It's me doing it. Yeah. You know, and they're your loyal. I think that's only going to get more extreme actually. And they'd be like, oh, that's the guy, you know, that's the guy all my stuff goes to. I mean, they got that in all the other, you know, like two chassis or, and I refer to race car because I know people in the deal, like, you know, uh, people have a race car, but they only go to that one guy. They don't care if they got to wait six months. Mm -hmm. That's his guy, you know, um, and that following creates other people too, you know. But, yeah, it oh, does. He's fast. He's awesome. He's got an awesome car. His car looks good. Who is he using? I want to be like him. And they'll use, they'll use you because you do stuff for him only, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. shipping yeah, I, is irrelevant. People pay a ridiculous amount of money to have stuff. $400 powder coating job, and $200, $300 in shipping fees. <laughs> I've seen it, but hey. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but if, I they, if they know that they don't have to, that if they know to send it to you so that they don't have to worry. Exactly. That's another thing. That's, so. You know, that's worth its weight in gold, right? Yeah. Peace of mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, find, I find that like Ross and I are saying no to people more often now. Uh, which doesn't sound right because I've been complaining about how slow it is, but <laughs> you know, yeah. there's just, there are the jobs we want and then there's the jobs we don't want. Right. And, and yeah. you know, when you're in it long enough and you've gone through all of your troubleshooting and you're got your, got your shop all figured out and your equipment all figured out, well then, you know, you can kind of start to hone in on that customer. That's your customer. Yeah. And stuff. Um, so start eating nose for breakfast. That's what this article, I'll, I'll, I'll scan a copy of this article and put it up on the vault. Uh, I have a vault that I'm trying to get out to everyone. They can sign up for the, uh, there'll be a link in the podcast and they can sign up for it. And I'll add this little article. I think it's just so valuable. Uh, especially when you're not feeling very confident in maybe you're just having a hard time getting some sales, you know, or getting the right customer to come to your door. I, I hate to say it, like, uh, 
do some sponsorships or free stuff. There's a different people think I don't do nothing for free, but what I do is it's a marketing expense. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're putting that, dude, let me do. I want to do those wheels. Oh, that's the oh, that's awesome roll cage, dude. Let me do that roll cage. Dude. I just want to put my name on it. I'll right. do it for free. You know, uh, I'm gonna take some pictures and post it up. You're gonna get, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get business from it later down the line. Maybe not immediately, but you got to get your name out there somewhere. Do give yeah. away. No, well, that's the big thing. I didn't think my, it was my uh, wife and my brothers. Like, we need to do some cup giveaways. I was like, I don't. I'm not ready to do any of that stuff. And that's what I started doing was powder cup cups. Great way to learn. You can get them from anywhere now. Uh, those stainless steel tumblers. Yeah. If you mess up, just drink out of them. <laughs> move on to the next one <laughs> i got a whole bunch of mess up cups <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that's what i started on and it's just you know uh getting out there showing people you can tell people that you're going to do it you can say you can do it but until they see it that's a big difference that's kind of the right that's really um that's the crux, right? Right there. Is it, it is just that simply yeah. said, you know, I, no, yeah. Talking to people that get some no's, never be afraid to get a no. Never yeah, be afraid no, to get yeah. a no either. I ain't got it. I respectfully decline. Don't and don't, talk. don't be afraid to do your way or, uh, Sean's way, Sean uh, from unknown. I mean, I, I, I agree more with you than Sean, but Sean's way isn't, is working for him. Um, That's another thing. And you know, if that, if you, if, if you lean more towards that style, then go that, there's more than one way to do it. That's when I, uh, I do When I do in all my videos, I say, I, it might be the right way. It might be the wrong way, but I do know one thing. It works for me. <laughs> it may yeah. work for you. If you don't like it, cool, but take something from it, you know? Right. <laughs> You know, uh, that's me showing everybody else how to powder coat. But yeah, that's uh, the nose. Sure, why not? Ask as many people as possible. Yeah, so now the, the way the guy ends the article is, uh, by making rejection my goal, so now he looks for 30 no's. Because everybody says, you know, because he's, it would, but it was a different business. Uh, by making rejection my goal, I got to the point where no meant absolutely nothing to me. I was eating them for breakfast. Worrying about rejection became a thing of the past. And when that happened, the yeses started rolling in one after the other. Also goes behind uh, confidence too. Mm -hmm. um. And that's not easy to do when you're, you know, you're you're you've risen pretty quickly um and you, i'm sure you've had your ups and downs in your shop so you've got this equipment rollout and you've got to make sure things are running smooth and then you've got customers coming in and stuff and it's hard to juggle it all you know but it, but if you don't try you'll never get good at it yeah so yeah. what's the one key takeaway we can get uh from you after we discussed a wide variety of topics, but um, 
and I love the innovation that you've done in terms of getting your name out there and um, being innovative or refreshing to people, uh, to customers and taking a chance on them, taking a, you know, getting out of your car and giving them a business card or making a goal to wherever you drove to do at least one business, you know, yeah. Um, because I think people kind of get like, I'm in my shop, I'm in my shop, you know, like people have to come to me, I'm in my shop, you know, yeah. and it's not, it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't, but it is good to be in your shop though. All the time. It is. It's yeah. Like, Russ loves his shop. He doesn't, hates going anywhere. I stay the night up here all the time. <laughs> I have a fifth little camper out here to the side. So, uh, sometimes I'll work into the night and just stay here and get up the next morning and keep on rolling. <laughs> My wife hates me for it, but I was like, I gotta get stuff done. Oh, I know, me too. I'll I'm I've been running like 12, 14 hour days um just at the desk, you know, just trying to keep up with everything that we're rolling out. But um so yeah, what uh, I mean what's your key takeaway with uh talking about what we've talked about? Uh Get out of your comfort zone. That's yeah. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of custom powder coating shops, but it's all you know, relatively within the past ten to fifteen years. Um, that's really relevant everywhere now. Um, so not everybody's tried everything yet. Get out of your comfort zone. You can find a niche market that you never even thought about just by daily working. I've you know, if you're feeling comfortable and you're not challenging yourself every day, I don't think you're going to go very far. You know, uh, always improve, always keep learning. Um, that's why I stay in contact with all the guys because they're doing stuff that I've never done. I'm doing stuff they've never done. But between yeah. all of us, you know, we're reaching out, we're connecting, and now we all can do it you know, or I got somebody who can come up here and teach me or I can send it to somebody that can't do that or sit, refer them to them uh, that's outside my area expertise. Um, but just keep reaching for the stars. I mean, you're not doing, nobody's doing this for their health. Uh, it's, uh, it's a business, you know, and uh, to grow the business, to get bigger, to make more money, to have more time off, it's, you got to get in there and get uncomfortable, get frustrated, um, and get a lot of nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the valid, the validity of the nose, um, is, is, is important because it, you wrote that? does it, you, the, who's the author? um, Robert D. Smith. He has, a, he has a free ebook, Battle Tested Branding. Battle Tested Branding. That's Create your brand. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what the podcast is about, too, you know, and what we're doing with the Coder Biz is helping people build brand. The website is at, or his website is therobertd.com. This was from uh, posted uh, in 2013, so I don't know if that's still a valid email address. I mean, uh, website, but 
My website's down right now. Hey guys, uh, we talked a little bit longer with Reno, but I'm going to cut it short on this one. We have some bonus content that we want to bring out. Uh, we ended up losing um, internet connection or something that day with Reno. So I hope to have him on uh, to finish up this podcast. There was a, just a, a small segment about websites and I'd like to get back with him on how he ended up uh, rebooting his website. So uh, that concludes today's episode. Have a great day. Aloha.